0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: The following is a presentation of A's cast your free 24 seven nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's cast to download the app restrictions apply. This is Ace Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Marshall, left field deep. Bam going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2 2 pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. Goal for you, Cody Bellinger. It's one out. Oh, so he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town. Only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. How is everybody doing?
0: I know I'm doing fantastic. I'm actually pretty shocked. That I feel as good as I felt this morning after being in Vegas and Arizona for 10 straight days. That's rough on the body, baby. Just, Just the two nights in Vegas are rough on the body, let alone then going down to spring training. But it was a lot of fun. Learned a lot about the 2020 athletics. Got to see a few of the stadiums I hadn't seen in years. Salt River Fields is incredible. There's nothing like it. Like, I think Sloan is all that, where the Cubs play. But Salt River is the big leagues of the big leagues when it comes to minor league. It did not even feel like a minor league stadium. That is where Arizona and the Colorado Rockies train. And I think the only way to pull that stadium off, because it's massive, is you either have to have the D-backs or you got to have the Cubs. The two teams that draw the most down in spring training. The D-backs, it's the hometown team. So, of course, their, their play. I was there watching them play the Padres. The place was just slammed. But it is so nice. It's, 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 it's a big league ballpark. You kind of don't even feel like spring training. It's so nice and so massive. It was a lot of fun. Arizona was absolutely great, but it's good to be back in the Bay, and it's good to get ready for the 2020 season. Coming up here on today's program, as we're leading you up to the A's and the Rangers, Sarah Langs from MLB.com is going to be here at 3.30. We know Sarah, one of the top researchers in all the game, in all of baseball. Let's be honest. Her and Paul Himbikides we bring on, they're second to none. Of course, Sarah was once with ESPN and then stolen by MLB.com. She's just leaving Arizona today, so we're gonna get uh, her thoughts of what she saw cactus league action. Mike Bassick, former big league pitcher, now does Rangers pre and post gave up home run number seven fifty six to one Barry Bonds, who has made his way back into the news. Oh, I cannot wait to talk a little Barry Bonds today. And then G kype Glenn Kuyper, are they call they're calling the game tonight? They're not? No. No? Why? We're gonna bust his, you know what? Do they work? What do they do on the TV side? My God. I mean, everybody else is doing their TV. Our guys show up for what? Two times two times for the spring? So we'll talk to Glenn Kuyper, his he's been down at spring training. But we're gonna start today with good news, and the good news is A.J. Puck is going to start throwing tomorrow. I don't know if that means that he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Once this all went down, I didn't expect him. I just don't. When you have young pitchers who haven't proven they can stay healthy, I know we hate to talk about it, but you're going to baby him. But you have the luxury of doing that when you have a guy like Chris Bassett sitting there. Chris Bassett was good for the A's last year, and he's going to be good for the A's this year. And it gives you the luxury to tell AJ Puck or whoever that goes down, you know, if you're you're monitoring the the innings of Jesus Lazardo, you know, the bottom line is. Chris Bass is there for the rescue. And so the fact that they're going to have him start throwing, that's just a good sign right there. Because the more he doesn't throw, the the more scared I am. You know, they always can talk about, oh, the doctor saw no structural damage. Well, all of a sudden there's still pain there. Why is there still pain there? You know, and then it lingers and all of a sudden they gotta go in for a procedure. Just want to see, hey, we're taking total precaution if, from the A standpoint. And, you know, you got Bassett sitting there, but he's going to start throwing. And you know what? If they can get him going and he's ready to go by the start of the year, great. If not, let me know when you can go and Chris Bassett can handle it until then. I mean, let's face it. A.J. Puck... He may, at some point, go back into that role like he was last year where he's a weapon out of the bullpen. He can throw multiple innings out of the bullpen. I wouldn't be shocked. Not every single guy who you think, first-round pick, going to be a starter, throws 97-98, wicked slider, he's like Randy Johnson, doesn't always end up being a starter. I'm not saying he's not. I just know I saw him in that role last year look pretty good. I got to see this kid stay healthy. Already having Tommy John, being shut down with shoulder and spring. We need to see him be healthy. So that is big news out of A's camp today. Also interesting news is the battle that we have going on at second base. And I think the lineup today tells you all you need to know. Batting leadoff and playing second base is Jorge Mateo, who is out of options. Batting second and playing left field is Tony Kemp. I do not believe Tony Kemp was brought in here, even though they're talking about the L machine and they're talking about Kemp. I don't think those guys are the answer to the everyday second-base job. Kemp is playing left field. Machine's playing first base today. Versatility, versatility, versatility. As John Wooden, the great UCLA basketball coach, was asked the most important thing about college basketball, he said, recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Well, now, what's the most important thing about putting a lineup together? putting a roster together, versatility, versatility, versatility. I need athletic guys that can play all over the diamond. I need you to be able to play the outfield. I need you to be able to play the infield, and I need a bunch of you to do it, especially now, too, with that 26th man on the roster. I don't think they want to lose Mateo. I don't think they want to lose Barreto. I'm not going to be shocked Maybe, Barreto, you start the season as the second baseman. And, Mateo, you can be that 26th man. And you can still fight that battle out at the start of the season. And if Barreto, who plays well in the spring, gets that opportunity and starts out the season and plays well, great. If he doesn't and he struggles to make contact, because that's the that's the problem when he gets to the big league level. Two problems. A, he doesn't get a true shot. B, struggles to make contact. Well, if you now give him a true shot and he still can't make contact, you got Jorge Mateo sitting there with the number 26 slot. Right? 26 man on the roster. Also, Mateo can play short. And I know Franklin can. But Mateo is a shortstop playing second base. If anything is a knock on wood, happened to Marcus Simeon, having him there with his speed and his ability to short, you just plug him right in. Being a natural infielder, I'm sure he can play third base. So Mateo going tonight at second base against the Texas Rangers as the A's are now 12-7. and seven. Remember, they start out 0-5. They're 12-7 in Cactus League action. We have a lot to get into from the standpoint of the division. Justin Verlander is being shut down. You talk about a disastrous camp for the Astros. Already having to deal with everything that goes on with the cheating scandal. But what what has been their hallmark through the cheating scandal? Hey, we still got great players. Hey, we still hey this team is still a championship caliber team. Now Verlander, it's just a lat. What that that can linger, but you're not. It's not shoulder. It's not elbow. But you start the season with Garrett Cole in New York, and Justin Verlander on the shelf. The, one of the reasons why the Astros have been so good is they've gotten out the hot starts, while the A's haven't, and that's why the Astros won 107 and the A's won 97, 10 game difference. What happens if the Astros don't get out to a great start and the A's do? That script has just flipped. Imagine being there, you're Dusty Baker, and you're you're heading into the start of the season with the Houston Astros. You don't have Garrett Cole or Justin Verlander. That changes a lot of things for the Houston Astros. We will talk more about that. We'll give you an update, too, on the other team that's supposed to be one of the favorites, the Yankees and all their injuries. Good article today on MLB.com about their injury situation. Updating on what's going on. Some players coming back, some are not. Their depth is going to be questioned big time for the second straight year. Can they survive that? As people were talking about, oh, they could break the record of 116 wins. Yankees could win 120. Well, maybe if everybody is healthy, yeah. But not everybody is going to be healthy. And their big two monsters just can't stay on the field. But speaking of monsters, it's very hard for the villain to play the victim. And that's what we're seeing. I'm not buying it. I can tell you a lot of people aren't buying it. Even my general contractor, who's at my house right now, He doesn't buy it. He's an A's fan, though. But he doesn't buy it. The general contractor went, BS. The villain playing the victim is never a good look. We'll talk about it next, right here on A's Cast Live.
1: Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Opening day is coming up quick. March 26th.
0: Time to get your tickets and get ready for a great 2020 season. First pitch for the home opener is 107, and you're going to get an A's magnet schedule giveaway. Don't miss out on your chances to make opening day memories. Get your tickets now and for the entire season. Athletics.com slash tickets. That's athletics.com slash tickets commander how are you i haven't seen you since uh you left arizona
2: i'm great well actually we saw each other we had the uh the great video chat going while we were doing the show we haven't seen each other in person since last wednesday feels like an eternity uh,
0: yeah, it's not pretty looking at you for four hours Wait, I, mean, I
2: cut my hair and shaved, so I look a much better than I did a few weeks ago
0: I mean, we're, one show we did was four hours and 15 minutes
2: I know, it's, we went way over the, uh, the negotiated three hours we're supposed to be doing <laughs> So, But it was great, we, have, I mean, we, always have an, we always have content that we never get to, so it's always great We always over-prepare for everything, and we over-deliver, I feel like, every time, too but uh, it's great to be back in the uh, remote studios here in Undisclosed Location where we're close in proximity. and Hunkered down. Hung, yeah, where we're close in proximity, so it makes the commuting even easier. I have
0: said for years, I do believe Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Rafael Palmero. if I'm leaving one of the guys out, I apologize. I do believe those players should all be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Their numbers warrant the Baseball Hall of Fame. The Baseball Hall of Fame is a museum. That's what it is. It's about the history of the game. Whether you liked it or you didn't like it, that's what it is. And by keeping them out, you're basically a Pete Rose. By keeping them out, Pete Rose's deal was with baseball, not the Baseball Hall of Fame. A lot of people don't know that. By keeping them out, you're not telling the history of the game. You're only selectively telling what you want the history of the game to be. And the writers are dictating that. And I'm on the record that writers shouldn't be the only people voting. And there are a lot of writers that don't even really cover Major League Baseball. They cover it when they want to. We have writers that have votes here in the Bay Area. You'll never even see them in Oakland. Now You may see them when the Giants come. And they're voting on American League players to be in the Hall of Fame or not. But the one thing I do not want to hear from Barry Bond's or Roger Clemens is that this has been like a death sentence. Because you know what? I'm not giving you a pity party. You're not the victim. You knew. You knew exactly what you're doing. And when you're doing it, you're profiting big time. And you knew if you ever got caught. That this is what your world would be like. This was your gamble. And people go, well, wait, 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 wait. Barry Bonds never tested positive. Well, they weren't testing. But you know what Barry Bonds did do? In front of a federal grand jury admitted to taking the clear and the cream. He just said he didn't know what it was. He played the ignorant case. But he said he took it, so he did it. But the game of shadows the great book by Lance Williams and Mark fader chronicled Barry Bonds' anabolic steroids before Victor Conte, He and Barry threatened to sue, and of course he didn't, because both those guys said, our sources are so good, bring it on. And there's overwhelming evidence against Clemens, and they're the two guys that don't want to own it. They don't want to own it. A-Rod owned it. How many times do we have to talk? A-Rod owned it, and what happened? He's now back to being the face of baseball. He and J-Lo are such a great couple. They're doing TikToks. He's Sunday Night Baseball. He's Fox. It's because he lied, he lied, he lied, got caught, and then finally said, I'm sorry. Said, I'm sorry. These guys have never said anything. Does this sound like a death sentence to you? Barry Bonds in his career made almost a hundred and eighty nine million dollars. hundred and eighty nine million dollars. Does that sound like a death sentence? A seven time MVP. He won he got the awards. He got the money, he got the awards, he got everything he wanted. The All-Star Games, the Silver Sluggers. Is that a death sentence? You got away with it. Eight gold gloves. Now, all of this didn't happen under steroids. I, I do believe he won three MVPs before the juice. But you stole Hank Aaron's. Home run record. You were never even close to a batting champion. All of a sudden, you're now a batting champion. You're the all time single season home run leader. You got everything you wanted. You kept the money. Don't play the victim. You're not broke. You're, you've been protected by the San Francisco Giants because it's the only organization that wants anything anything to do with you. Oh, by the way, at the end of your career, when you – Barry could still play. Barry's OPS and home run total was worthy of a contract. And the Giants were just, we've had it. We want no part of you. We want, we, we want to move on from you. And the other 29 teams said, yeah, we don't want you either. Collusion? Maybe. He fought it, lost. But the death sentence? Barry, part of this is you brought it on yourself. You're reaping what you sowed. You spent a career treating everybody like crap. And now you're the victim? I've never once seen you. You're a fighter. Barry Bonds is a fighter. That's what made him so great. I have no problem that he was a jerk because you know why? At least he was consistent. I covered that at times. And I actually one time had to help Barry Bonds make money and he was just he was an ass. But at least he was consistent. You knew what you were getting. Ted Williams. Ted Williams, you knew Ted Williams was an ass. You knew what you were getting with Ted Williams. It wasn't like A-Rod. A-Rod was phony. A-Rod was a great guy when he had to be, and then when he didn't have to be, yeah, he was a different guy. He's phony. Bonds was consistent. He was who he was. Jeff Kent was the same way. You knew what you were getting with those two guys every single time you went in the clubhouse. But, Barry, hey, if you want to open up and have a press conference – and just be honest and be transparent instead you're always fighting it and now I'm the victim it's the death sentence is this is 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 this the path you think now gets you to the hall of fame i don't have a vote but like i said i'd vote for him but is this the path you're you're now the victim the guy that made 189 million dollars the guy that has a 7 mvp awards the guy that's been to the All-Star game 14 times. The guy that's got the home run records. You're now the victim after you did performance-enhancing drugs through the through the late 90s all the way through your career. A Balco client. By the way, other other people spent time in jail because of you. Remember Greg Anderson? Greg Anderson spent time in jail for you. And you got the death sentence. Greg Anderson lost his career. Greg Anderson couldn't see his child. I think he had a son. And they kept putting him in jail and putting him in jail for you. You didn't go to jail. You didn't serve any time. Clemens didn't serve any time. Victor Conte did. The guy you did business with. There's people around Barry that spent time in jail Barry didn't spend time in jail. Oh, I have the death sentence. No, Barry, you got away with everything, and now you're into cycling. And you're back to looking like you normal like you like you used to. Like a regular guy. Not a monster. Oh, these guys are just lifting a lot of weights. Hey, by the way, you can lift a lot of weights. Your head doesn't get bigger. Doesn't work that way. I will not stand for him acting like the victim. He's not a victim. There's victims out there. He's not a victim. Mark McGuire owned it. And what happened? Got back into baseball. Won a ring with the Cardinals. Worked for the Dodgers. Worked for the Padres. And you know what Mark McGuire got to do? He got to go out on his own way. Mark McGuire's kids are older and they're playing ball now. Mark McGuire left baseball... On his terms.
2: The thing that people are forgetting with Barry is, if he feels like he had a death sentence, then he wouldn't he wouldn't have been the hitting coach for the Miami Marlins in 2016 under Don Mattingly. Now he only he only went one year. There was you know rumors of uh, work ethic and all that stuff. I mean, when you're one of the greatest hitters of all time, you're trying to teach guys to hit a home run. It's I mean, I can see where your frustration is, but you were teaching John Carlos Stanton and uh, Christian Yelich and all those guys. So if he feels like he had a ban. I'm sorry, you, you don't because you were coaching the Miami Marlins and you're still coming to the ballpark and in a capacity with the Giants. You're at spring training, helping the Giants. Everyone knows how I feel about Barry because that, I'm a Pirates fan and uh, Sid Bream and all that stuff. And yeah, he'll go. He I think he's going to get into but, the Hall of Fame. But, but, but
0: the problem when you do that, you make it personal. It's of I'm, not, I'm trying to not make this. personal. No, I know you're I'm not. Trying, I'm trying to you know. San Francisco is the only place I'll have anything to do with them. They're now protecting him because they should. He helped get that ballpark built, that and they've made a boatload of money because of Barry Bonds. Just like if Jason Giambi shows up, Jose shows up, McGuire shows up for us, we, we're all in. So I understand it, but they're the only. You know, now that they've retired his number, and it was kind of like his Hall of Fame because. You know, he may never get in. They're protecting him. But the fact that he's trying to play the victim for me is disgusting.
2: I was there for that, too. The Bonds jersey retirement. You know who they played that day? My beloved Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Pirates won that game. and uh, But, yeah, they, they, I don't like that he's trying to play the victim. It's because the whole thing, well, he was. he's already been in, around baseball. Yeah, I know you're not in the Hall of Fame, and he should be. I will say he should be in the Hall of Fame. He was a Hall of Fame player before. Pete Rose
0: has the death sentence. Yes. He can't even show up to a ballpark. He can't come to spring training. Barry's in uniform in spring training working with players. That's not the death sentence. No, not at all. That's why this whole victim thing is disgusting. Pete Rose, Pete, you know, but Pete did it to himself also. That's the thing. It's like Pete waited too long to finally admit it. These guys did it to themselves, and now they want to be victims. It's lame. Up next, Sarah Lang. She's been in the Cactus League from MLB.com. She'll break it down, her trip. What did she see, and what does she see for the green and gold? Next, right here on A's Cast Live.
1: Streaming from the East East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Before we get to Sarah Lang,
0: Three-game suite plans. They are on fire. Come enjoy a day or night game at the ballpark. Family, friends, coworkers, groups that purchase a three-game suite plan receive 40% savings on single-game suites. This suite plan includes some of the biggest games throughout the 2020 season. Giants, fireworks, promotional deals. Check out all the information, athletics.com slash groups. That's athletics.com slash groups. Or simply email groups at athletics.com. Why do I seem so faint? Turn my mic up a little bit. Give me a little more. Yeah, a little more juice. Do we have Sarah? Sarah, are you still in the Valley of the Sun or are you heading back to the East Coast yet?
3: Heading back, heading back, but we had a great, I guess, five days there, which was awesome. And I got to see some baseball, which is the best thing in the world.
0: Yeah, welcome to that. Is this your, how many times have you been to the Cactus League?
3: So this is our 11th straight year going down there for spring training, which is crazy to me. It's like all of a sudden it still feels like we're doing it. All of a sudden it for more a decade.
0: Sarah, we're gonna call you right back. Your cell phone isn't very good. We'll call you right back.
3: Okay. Okay. Uh oh.
0: See so you can sit there and you can wait and you're like, is it gonna work? Is it not gonna work? Is it gonna work? And then sometimes you just gotta move around. Is she at the airport? I think so. Get near a window. I mean, it's just you know that's a tough thing too when you're when you're the guest and you're talking. You don't know that you sound like raw, 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 raw. you don't know that, but it's just the uh, the way of the world. Eleven straight year, the cactus league is so much better than the grapefruit league sucks. Even though I've never done it, I just know, I, I, I just, they're not close to each other. The them are not close to each. I mean, it's not like it is in Arizona. Sarah, how is that? Is that better?
3: I don't know, you tell me. Can you hear me now? Yeah,
0: I, I we got you now. We got you now. Yeah. i okay. was just, I was, just okay. I was saying how the Cactus League, you know, the majority of teams are pretty close together compared to the Grapefruit yeah. League. That's just not the case.
3: Yeah. I haven't I've only been to one Grapefruit League game. I was actually down in Orlando last year uh the weekend that spring training games started. So I got to go to a game when the Braves were still at Disney, but for the most part only have done uh Cactus League and that's part of why we went there initially was, uh, you know, I was in high school and talking to my mom, and we're like, let's go to spring training. And she looked into it, and, you know, naturally, like, you know, I was a Mets fan. She's like, maybe we'll go down to Port St. Lucie. She looked at the drive times, and she's like, nope, we're going to Arizona. So uh, that's how we ended up there, and now we've done it for 11 years.
0: That is awesome. So uh, leaving now, since you watched some games, what's your biggest takeaway?
3: that I love baseball so much. And it's like, I can't, I don't know how I could forget it when, you know, I I know it all the time, but just being there was so much fun. But uh, one exciting thing, I mean, Bay Area, not the A's, but uh, Darren Ruff has looked really good for the Giants. I mean, when he first came to the plate in the first game we were at, I was like, this guy, I didn't realize he was still around. And by the end of it, I mean, he was just getting, extra base hit after extra base hit. And I saw he just hit a triple like a couple minutes ago um, for them down in their game today. So I think he might make that team. He hasn't played in the major since 2016. He went to Korea. So he could be the uh, next Eric Thames right here.
0: Yeah. I'm not expecting much out of the San Francisco Giants this year. I know, I know your mom's yeah. not going to be happy about that, but it's a very strange rebuild uh, last year. It looked like it was going into rebuild mode, but then all of a sudden they started winning, and it was like win for Boach, And then they end up being bad, and you still got you still got quite a few old guys making a lot of money there. It's it, they're in a weird position right now.
3: They are, they are. But you know, I mean, they I think they've got a really good clubhouse vibe going, and you know, just talking to fans, my mother, and you know, some other people. I was sitting around it. Some of these games, I mean, they're very excited for Pablo Sandoval to be back. They're so excited for Hunter Pence. And who knows how much those guys are going to contribute. I mean, I think Pence probably has a better shot than Pablo. But I just think, like, if you're going to be bad, at least give your fans what they want, you know, within that framework. And I do think that the way that this rebuild is going, they've sort of chosen to go that way, which is not what I necessarily expected from Farhan Zaidi. So it's interesting. But uh, at least for this year, that's sort of what they've got going.
0: What's a team that you looked at and you said, yeah, these guys are going to be good?
3: Well, the Dodgers, but that's an easy answer, but we saw them a couple of times. I added an extra Dodgers game on our schedule because I want to see Mookie twice, which my giant fan mother had some thoughts about, but we did it, uh, but they, they looked really good and we didn't even see everybody. I mean, Bellinger wasn't playing, but you know, watching the White Sox is really fun. I don't think they're going to win that division, but I've been riding this train that, you know, hopefully they're going to be a fun, exciting team, maybe miss the playoffs, maybe make a wild card, but, you know, make some noise. And watching Luis Robert play the other day, I, I feel good about that. Keiko did not look great, which was concerning because, I mean, it wasn't necessarily even the best Giants hitters. But, uh, you know, offensively those guys look like a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it, there was a game earlier this week down in Arizona between the A's and the Dodgers <laughs> – and some people were at the game and some uh, national columnists who was kind of like the, the game to be at that day. And we got a chance to catch, you know, Ken Rosenthal and Bob Nightingale. And they were like, you know, hey, we may be looking at a World Series preview right here.
3: Ooh, that's fun. I could see that. I mean, I, I we didn't see the A's, you know, because I would have come down and said hi to you for sure but uh, I, I like them. I like what they've got going. You know, we'll see. I mean, my entire perception of the AL West is changing pretty frequently. And uh, definitely with this most recent news about Justin Verlander and that he has a diagnosis, I saw mild lat strain, you know, we'll see what, how long he's out for that. But uh, definitely the fact that there's something, and it seems like, I don't know if they've said if he's officially out for opening day, but just looking at it doesn't look like he's going to have what we would consider a healthy season. I mean, that really opens the door there. And I think the A's are positioned better than the angels because I just, that angel starting pitching, I, I just don't know what you're looking at, you know? So, I mean, I, I could see it. I would love to see that. That would be so much fun. California world series.
0: Well, and, and talk about Verlander being shut down. Cole leaving. Lance McCullers Jr. Yeah. is going to be, he's going to be uh, on, on a innings limit. You start to look at the vaunted pitching staff of the Houston Astros starting 2020, and it just does not look the same at all.
3: It really doesn't. And, I mean, we saw so many flaws in Zach Granke in the postseason last year, and you have to wonder how much of that was, you know, postseason issues like we see with a guy like Clayton Kershaw and how much of it was, you know, who he is now. I mean, he certainly did not pitch the way he'd pitched in the regular season in the In the postseason, but he wasn't, you know, the Zach Greinke who had a, you know, 190 ERA, you know, back in 2015 uh, last year. So it'll be really interesting to see. I think that there's a lot of pressure on him, especially depending how long Verlander is out. Uh, You know, certainly, you know, McCullers is so good or what from what we've seen. But of course, he's not going to be pitching a whole lot. And you can't put that kind of pressure on a guy coming back from Tommy John. So I, I agree. I mean, it was already a big hit just using losing. Garrett Cole, but it could
0: be a lot bigger. I mean, two teams that were two of the favorites now head into the season with major. I mean, losses for the Astros now. Verlander shut down, and we're about to do a whole thing on the Yankees and all their guys. It's amazing how banged up they are to start 2020.
3: I mean, it's incredible. I remember, because I I covered a lot of Yankees games last year for the Yankees and also whoever the visiting teams were, and I remember as the injuries started to mount, you know, some of the older, more national writers saying – you know, people saying, have you ever seen something like this? And these guys are like, yeah, yeah, you know, this happens. We're, we're putting a lot of focus on it because it's the Yankees that these things happen. And by the time we got partway into the season, nobody was saying that anymore. I mean, we've seen teams use the injured list a little more. The Dodgers in 2017 did, but that was also partially uh, strategic. Um, but just the, the magnitude and the gravity of the guys who have been out. And I, I don't know. I, it would be incredible to me if they can do what they did last year take it all the way to a Game 7 in the American League Championship Series with the same volume of injuries again. And it's concerning. You know, I mean, at least Garrett Cole is okay, right? I mean, at least they've got that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he just can't pitch every day. That's a problem.
3: (laughs) That is. It's a big problem. Okay, so
0: we know that there is going to be a divorce in Cleveland, Lindor and the Indians. It's just inevitable Negotiations have been shut down. When do you move him? When when is the best time to get the best value for this star shortstop?
3: I mean, I think you have to do it at the deadline. I mean, the thing is that, you know, the longer you wait, the less you're going to get back. I mean, that's basically what we saw happen with um the Orioles and Manny Machado. You know, I mean they basically waited for the last possible moment and they didn't get a whole lot back based on everything that I understand about that. And, you know, there's the CBA looming. There's a lot of things going on where it just seems to, you know, make the most sense to get rid of him. But he's also, you know, the heart and soul of that team right now. And, you know, they look like they really, they could be pretty good. I think the twins are going to be better, but I think they're going to win some games. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of hope for Shane Bieber and, you know, Clevenger we'll see, but I saw, I think he threw today, or they said he's going to throw soon. They said that today. So, you know, their young pitching could, you know, carry the team to an extent, and that's the toughest decision, you know, is when you wake up on July 1st, it's like, oh, great, we're a game out, but how do we trade him in 30 days? And I'm so glad I don't have to make those kinds of decisions.
0: Well, yeah, that's why it was great to see Yelich sign with the Brewers. You know, you you see a team that doesn't have the same revenue streams as some of the big boys, but they're keeping their star player, and, you know, when Cleveland loses Lindor – and all of a sudden you're looking around, it's just, you know, it's kind of of sad.
3: Yeah, it is sad. I I was glad to see that, but, I mean, he's also so underpaid. I mean, that's so great. I'm so glad that he felt comfortable and wanted that security and chose to make that decision, but – You know, I can't fault either of them. I can't fault him for making that decision, but I can't fault Francisco Lindor, the best shortstop in baseball, one of the best players in baseball, one of the top 10 players in baseball. You know, I can't fault him for wanting to see what he's worth on an open market. I mean, you have that kind of talent. You certainly deserve that moment, you know, and that's why it's just such a difficult, it's just so difficult to watch these things play out because I don't know, I, I really feel for both sides in a lot of ways, and maybe I'm being too kind or too open, but... I just feel so bad for everybody involved.
0: When I think about the Boston Red Sox, and there's still kind of a dark cloud hanging over them, why is it taking so long for the commissioner's office to come down with their reporting about what happened with the Boston Red Sox and 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 sign stealing?
3: You know, I really have no idea with that, but uh, it, you know, it's it's interesting because. There's a lot bigger things to deal with at this point. You know, I mean, we just saw, I don't know if you mentioned, but I just saw that Major League Baseball is going to close the clubhouses to the media for the time being because of the coronavirus. And there's just so many other things on the table right now that I I really, I don't know. But uh, it's interesting because there's a lot of, a lot of types of, different types of decisions to be made or made public or whatever else, you know, in the next few weeks.
0: Oh yeah, you're dead right, but they've been investigating this for a long time. That that that's what's my yeah. what's so weird about this yeah. is like they've been in limbo and couldn't hire a manager and it's like, well, if it wasn't as bad as the Astros, why is it taking you so long?
3: Yeah. I, I I I I really don't know. I mean, I don't even know how the logistics work of who they have to talk to, how different it is once spring training starts and people aren't just at their homes and can't just come down to the office. I I really don't know. But I mean, I just hope for everybody involved that we hear soon, just because, you know, I mean, I was so upset throughout the offseason, just, you know, with this being the prevailing conversation, and I completely understand why, but I just want to talk baseball, you know, so I want these things to be in the past, even if there's lingering, you know, things that are going on and punishments and whatever else I just want to, you know, be talking about the crack of the bat and everything else, so.
0: Well, it's so good that you had a great time with your mom down in the Valley of the Sun. Next year, you need to come to an A's game.
3: I know. You know, we've been to a couple, but we were just remarking when I was trying to figure it out and see if we could come down and see you that we haven't seen the A's in a couple of years. You know, we, she's a Giants fan, so I will tell you, talk to the schedule makers. We come down, we go to like five Giants games. That's what we do. And whoever they're playing, that's who we see. So, But we did make an exception this year. Because I wanted to go to my first ever doubleheader and go to two spring training games in one day, so uh, we will uh, we'll look at the schedule next year and hopefully we can make it make it work. Because I mean, we want to come down and see you. We want to see the whole setup. I want to see the setup, you know, at the stadium there and everything, and come say hi to everybody. So.
0: Oh yeah, we got to take you down, introduce you to Bo Mel, some of the players.
3: For sure. I mean, my mom. Went to Cal. She loves him. She loves <laughs> anybody who went to Cal. We were so excited to see Andrew Vaughn. We saw the White Sox, I mentioned, on Saturday. Andrew Vaughn, he went to Cal. You know, very exciting to see that. So, uh, but, yeah, no, we, we, we'll come down. Well, I'll, I'll say it now. I'll say even we can take a day off from the Giants. We can figure it out. But we will make sure to come down and see you guys next year for sure.
0: Great stuff as always. We'll talk to you soon and stay safe travels back east.
3: Thank you so much. Good luck with everything. Great to talk to you.
0: The great Sarah Langs right here on A's Cast Live. Yeah, things are going to be changing in, in professional sports, at least probably for uh, I don't know weeks, months. You know the way things are going to be dealt with athletes and and media and fans and Major League Baseball is going to be following along what what we're seeing in the NBA and the NHL is. You know the media is going to keep a distance. They're going to try and isolate the players. As best they can I know there's a, a phone call I probably probably I think it was at 5 o'clock Eastern uh, that went down but w- w- what are we hearing from Jeff Passan
2: so Jeff Passan of ESPN is reporting on Twitter that Major League Baseball will join the NBA and NHL in closing clubhouses to to the media due to the fear over potential spread of coronavirus MLB plans to monitor local markets remain nimble of local health authorities recommend games not be played one option sources said is for teams to play games at different locations outside of their metropolitan areas. Now, regarding the media restrictions, players will be available in press conference settings, as well as outside the clubhouse. Though during the interviews, they will be asked to abide by the CDC suggestion that they keep a six foot diff, a six foot distance from reported sources. Told ESPN,
0: all that is not a bit not a major deal. All that is, you can easily bring a player out. I mean. If if you watch the Golden State Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, they bring their players out. They get up on a podium. There's microphones. You can pass microphones around. I mean, that's the thing also. It's like, well, then, you know, you're worried about, you know, the media being all together. And I was just I was just in Arizona. It's it's the amazing amount of people that are all around each other at these games than at night. I mean, that's one thing. Italy has basically done a full-on cra- uh, crackdown on – the entire country. They're basically quarantining the entire country right now. Don't leave home. And I was reading something, uh, I believe it was on CNN, where one of the doctors said, if we could all just stay in our houses for two weeks, we could control this thing. But uh, it's really scary stuff, especially, you know, if you're flying around and now you're going to talk about putting, you know, the NBA and the NHL that's, you know, anywhere between, you know, sixteen to 19,000 people in one building together. Baseball is a little bit bigger. Scary.
2: Yeah, and also the uh, top professional league in Japan, they postponed their big game of their season due to the, the fear of coronavirus. which they were supposed to start six days before the Major League Baseball season on March 20th, where our home opener is on March 26th. So we're seeing it happen. The NBA is talking about potentially playing games in front of an empty arena, like where we saw the White Sox and Orioles play that game in front of an empty stadium. NBA is talking about, you know, that it's not a report that's going to happen, but there's, I've been seeing stuff on Twitter that could potentially be an option. This is, this takes me back to whenever I was, I think, like middle school, whenever uh, what was the beginning? I think it was SARS then. Like I couldn't go on a field trip to Toronto because of all that stuff that happened. So we went to the great city of Cleveland for a field trip, but this is a lot of scary stuff going on right now. And I, I commend everyone that's getting ahead of this and Major League Baseball now joining the NHL and, and NBA and limiting access, which is probably a good thing.
0: Yes, no doubt about it, because we've got to defeat this, and you know the number one thing they keep telling you, wash your hands. That's what we keep that's what we keep being told. wash your hands as much as possible. I was looking at this uh, article, best ways to protect yourself. Avoid close contact with people who are unwell. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. Use tissues to catch coughs and sneezes. Then put them in the bin and wash your hands. Wash your hands, often with soap and water. That is from an article talking about Italy and on the BBC News. So we'll see more coming down here with spring training. But everybody protect yourself. That's the number one thing. It's hard to go from that to talking about injuries, like injuries really matter. But uh, that is something that that's going on right now with the Verlander being down with a mild lat strain. Do we sign have someone coming up here for?
2: No, uh, no. Next guess is a four thirty.
0: Okay, then I'm going to get to this because uh, an article has come out about the Yankees, and it's just like wow. Looking at what they've got going on, I mean, they're, they're essentially their team has changed again just like last year. So to just go in order, Aaron Hicks, injured on August 3rd last year at Boston, had to have Tommy John surgery on his right elbow. They don't know when he's going to be back. He could be ready to play in the big leagues maybe in July or August. The time frame for a position player obviously is different from a pitcher. They now lean more towards 14 months with pitchers, so we'll see with Hicks. Next on the list, Aaron Judge, stress fracture of first right rib. This one just seems really odd. He injured this on September 18th and supposedly felt normal soreness during November workouts, then shut down on-field activities late January due to discomfort in right shoulder. He complained about his right pec in late February. It took 10 to 12 tests before a CT scan highlighted a stress fracture. Judge has been told to rest for two weeks, at which time a new CT scan will be taken to evaluate healing. Best case scenario would have Judge resume on field activities shortly after date, though Judge said he has been ruled out for opening day. Aaron Boone said that surgery to remove the rib may be considered. If rest does not heal the injury, a stress fracture of the rib on September 18th, 2019, you may have to have surgery months later to remove it? That is odd. The Big Maple, James Paxton, microscopic lumbar discectomy and removal of a cyst. So we know he had surgery. Time for his return. Could return to a big league mound in three or four months. Then we go to Severino. Oh, excuse me, Gary Sanchez. Sore. Lo- Look at all these guys that are hurt. Sore lower back. After initial saying that he was aiming to have Sanchez in the lineup, according to Boone, they decided to take a few days' rest. And travel across the state of Florida for two games this week. Boone now says that he expects Sanchez to catch on March 13th, which will be Friday. So we'll see if Sanchi is behind the dish on Friday. Luis Severino just had Tommy John surgery. Go back to that 12 to even on this, they say 12 to 15 month process. He's out for all of 2020. They'll hope to have him back. In 2021, guy expected to be their ace before Garrett Cole. And then the big man, Giancarlo Stanton, formerly known as Mike Stanton. A grade one strain in his right calf. Brian Cashman said he does not expect Stanton to be ready for the March 26th season opener. But the Yankees believe Stanton could be ready for big league action sometime in April. These are pretty big names. Giancarlo Stanton, Luis Severino, Gary Sanchez, James Paxton, Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks. What a nightmare health situation for the New York Yankees.
2: And let's not forget that Domingo Herman is suspended 63 games for the domestic violence case from last year. So uh, to add add that on top of all the injuries, uh, I'm sorry, but I don't think uh, there's going to be a Mike Talkman walking through the door for them this year, or a Gio Urshela and some of the other guys that stepped up for them last year like they did because they had a lot of guys come out of nowhere to help them, specifically Talkman and Gio Urshela, who were great last year. Urshela was an all-star, I believe. So, those guys were great for them, but I, I just don't see them able to have guys that are unknown like that come through for them again. I mean, you never say never, but two years in a row, I mean, Aaron Boone's done a great job. We talked about him, should have been the manager of the year last year in the AL, uh, although it went to Rocco Baldelli. He did a great job with the Twins, but what Aaron Boone did with all the injuries was, was remarkable.
0: Yeah. Problem with Boone is. He manages the Yankees, so everybody's going to go, well, hey, look, they, had a, they got a bunch of guys hurt, but they got resources. When other teams got a bunch of guys hurt, you're just done.
2: Yeah, I, although I wouldn't say the resources of Talkman and uh, Gio Urshela. That's
0: true. They both are, played big.
2: Are guys that they were looking at. I mean, when those guys are pulling over players like Clint Frazier, who are supposed to be the future of your organization.
0: But then you can give Garrett Cole $324 million. Yeah,
2: well, can't pitch every day, though. Doug Glanville.
0: Has written an article comparing sign stealing and PEDs. Do we agree with him? I think we're gonna have an interesting conversation about it next, right here on A's Cast Live.
1: This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics and 29 other MLB clubs. Two two pitch on Trout, and he blasts one. Way back. It's one out. Beat he on. So he's your home run derby champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From spin rate to juiced balls to game changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town. Only on A's Cast Live. Ace Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. All righty.
0: Hope everybody's having a good day. We got baseball coming your way here on A's Cast. It's the Athletics and the Rangers. What is that? What When is first pitch? We're now on the same time zone, which is nice. 6.05 uh, first pitch. And I will have A's total access for you at
2: 5.30. Game called today by the face of the Stockton Ports. The great Alex Jensen.
0: Alex Jensen will be doing uh, play-by-play till Friday, right?
2: I think he does Monday through Thursday. So, yeah, he does the so four four days this week. Good for him. I'm happy for him. Then he goes back to the Gales and maybe a NCAA tournament. Oh, appearance. a run. A run for the Gales. See if Randy Bennett's team can finally put that run together. and Well, maybe take down Gonzaga in the uh, WCC tournament first.
0: You know, Doug Glanville has done a great job going from player to analyst to even writer now for ESPN. And he did an article today titled, I Played Clean in the Steroid Era and PEDs Hurt Players More Than the Sign Stealing Does. I look at this and I under I understand where he's going but I don't think it's apples to apples. you could you could fire back at me and say, hey cheating's cheating. But where I don't think that it's apples to apples is that taking a a performance enhancing drug and putting in your body, is an individual decision. You say, and 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 remember, guys weren't walking, you know, guys didn't have needles in their hands, and they're walking through the clubhouse in front of everybody, and, and, you know, I mean, this was an individual thing that you did privately. Maybe there was a teammate or two that you talked to or maybe helped you inject, but this wasn't something that was, a team-wide, hey, everybody, we're doing this. That's where I see the big difference. And sign-stealing got stopped while PEDs didn't. Like Doug Glanville, for example. The guys who played clean didn't say anything. They spoke out against PEDs, but you know, what did that really mean? I mean, if you had stepped up and said, "Yeah, that guy's cheating, that guy's cheating," they didn't do it, so no one stopped it. Finally, people had enough. The difference between what's been happening in baseball, if you believe there's multiple offenders, is that this is a organizational-wide thing. The GM knows it. The lower-level employees are putting it together. The players are using it. It now became team-wide. I'm not saying teams didn't know about PEDs. You know, part of the problem with the PED era was that they weren't testing for it. And a lot of that had to do with Donald Fear and and the Players' Union. The Players' Union threatened holy war. They threatened work stoppage if you wanted to test the players. The players didn't want to be tested. The players' union didn't want them to be tested. So that should be on them too. That—that's the whole thing about there, there. There's so many different layers of the PED era that you could get into, but I just see the differences. The Houston Astros organization. Oh, it was an organizational deal. From the GM to the manager, the players, the coaches, they were all in it together. It was a team deal versus a personal deal with PEDs. Did that make sense?
2: Yes, completely. Because the Astros thing is more of, it's a team, like you said, it's a team thing where players individually choose if they want to take performance-enhancing drugs. and. Doug mentions in there saying that if you take PEDs, it's going to put you on the downside of your career. I don't always – I don't agree with that because if it's true that Barry Bonds did it, his career was pretty good after he took it for a while. Where I know in in Doug's article he talks about Marlon Byrd who takes his spot in Philadelphia and then Marlon gets suspended like, you know, years, years later in 2012. But I I agree. I I don't think this is – they're completely different things in my opinion. I agree with you. I don't think you can compare them as the same because – I, they're both to me. They're both cheating, but they're different. And they're both cheating in different ways.
0: Yeah, one is a, you know, it's not like there's emails going to the general manager saying, "Hey, all these guys are on steroids, and we're giving them the
2: steroids." Yeah, it's not like they're. Yeah, they're saying, "Hey, you know, if you want to, hey, come in. If you want to get which the they shot,
0: did, which they did in football back in the day."
2: We're having a meeting at at two p.m. Come down if yeah. you want to get your shot. Like yeah. they're not doing that. Where you know we saw with the Astros, there were emails being sent around with dark arts and uh, code breaker and all this different stuff. You know, talking pretty much about cheating. Where you're not seeing players setting out, you know, emails amongst each other on their. Uh, that'd be like you and I sending email out on our athletics emails. Yeah, about saying stuff and say, hey,
0: two hey, thirty, come get that old shot in your rear end.
2: Yeah, come on down. We're, we're giving out a free clinic. Like, these are completely different things. I'll, I I agree with you. Doug has done a nice job going from player to analyst but to writer. He
0: is, but the, where he is right is because the PED era, we don't exactly know.
2: Yeah, we, do, we have no idea how many players are doing it. We anymore.
0: don't have no idea exactly where it started. Because in the 80s, you had a blur of different issues. In the 80s. They were worried about street drugs because they weren't. Baseball is not the smartest sport in the world. Let's be honest. I've always talked about how archaic it is. Um, Back then, they were worried about street drugs. Cocaine was something that they were worried about in the 80s. They weren't worried about PEDs. They weren't worried about anabolic steroids, as Brent Messberger, my partner, Talked about came from the Olympics and came from Europe into American sports. And it was American Olympians who really brought steroids to America. And that's how it really got it going back in the day. But they weren't thinking about that mid-80s. They weren't thinking about the greenies, the amphetamines, which is speed, that literally generations of baseball players took greenies. It was accepted in the game. Guys were tired. Papa Greeny? Ready to rock. And then all the players are talking about how they would try and come down off that after the game. This went on for generations of players. We know it. It's fact. Guys in the Hall of Fame took greenies. Sorry. But that's just something that uh, has been a part of sports for many, many years. But when you start looking at the steroid era, you got to start looking at some time. Because if there was a player – Who was taking steroids in the 70s. He would be ahead of his time. I mean, he would be somebody who had to be around football, around Olympic athletes. But you would be way ahead of his time. But we know because I love the guy. I'm looking at his bobblehead right now. The great Jose Canseco.
2: Great book. Juice was a great book.
0: Everybody came down his road, and then the end was like, oh, yeah, he's right. So, you know, late 80s, mid-80s, through the 90s, 2000s. So where Doug's right, P-E, the PED era lasted for so long, there's people who think it's not over. And players still get popped. They always believed that the cheaters are ahead of the testers. Victor Conti, who I think knows a little bit about this, has always said the cheaters are ahead of the testers, always. Look how Balco existed. Balco was a simply, or was simply, they found a drug from the 70s that they were going to give to kids who were like ADD kids. Back then, they they had a drug called Ritalin. But this was a drug that was supposed to help hyper, hyperactive kids. It never went to market. So the fact that it never went to market, how can you test for something that never left the lab? Well, that's where Victor Conti comes in, and then they have this thing that's undetectable. Because even though they're testing, you're not... They don't know. They can't test for this. And it wasn't until Victor Conti got into it with one of the track coaches, and the track coach sent the vial to the uh, was it the World Testing or whoever he sent it to, and then aha, now we have it. And so now you're seeing, now now you're seeing football guys, whether it was Raiders, whether it was Niners, different track athletes. Because once they knew what they knew what to look for, they now could look for it, they could test, and people started getting popped. But that was the thing about Victor Conte and Balco is they had something no one knew about. How can you test for a drug that you've never seen that never made it out of the lab? The cheaters, will they always be ahead of the testers? I don't know. I think it's a good piece by him. And I think guys who played in the steroid era, who weren't on steroids, they got a beef. They truly have a beef. And technically, their sport let them down. I will look at it that way. They let them down.
2: There's a reason why, when you mentioned before about the 80s, baseballs worried about street drugs. There's a reason why there's a thousand documentaries made and written and everything about Pablo Escobar. And there's nothing really, you know, produced or written or anything about the steroid era in baseball. It was a huge uh, pandemic and it happened in epidemic, too, as I should say, happened in the country. And that's why there's a thousand seasons of Narcos where we that's it was a huge thing that baseball was worried about. We, we you've read about players using different street drugs and stuff like that where, you know, no one ever thought about steroids and anabolic steroids and then you know, even as a kid when I, w- I was watching baseball i never never knew about mcguire and sosa and all those guys once i got older and i realized these guys are really big and i have their i have their rookie cards when they were really small how'd they get so big so fast and then my dad tells me because my dad was a my dad used to work out and was a weight you know lifted weights and all that he goes here's what they did and then i found that i was like wow that that really was that well there's a reason why barry bonds has a big head isn't it because he was so small but but what I'm I, I, the piece by Doug was great. I, when I saw it, I immediately sent it to you because we had him on when he wrote this, the piece about the sign stealing before when it first came out, and he's done a great job. His career is remarkable, going from player to analyst to writer for the Athletic and ESPN, and I, I, I enjoyed it when I read it. And then he, you know, he talked about Marlon Byrd and everything. So it was a nice uh, trip down memory lane to talk, listen him talk about, read about him talking about his days with the Phillies and the Rangers and everything. So. I enjoyed it, and I agree that they are not the same thing at all.
0: CBS Sports is reporting one minute ago, games will reportedly be played as scheduled. Media access to Clubhouse will be limited, which we already told you. So the commissioner got on the phone tonight with all 30 owners, and games will be played on schedule until further notice. Coming up next breakout players, 11 breakout players in baseball. Will one be an A? You'll find out next right here on A's Cast Live.
1: Now back to A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend.
0: All right, it's your last chance to get A's access for the 2020 season. And it's April 3rd. You know the deal, 50% off concessions, 25% off merchandise, $10 prepaid parking, free ticket exchange, and of course, access to every regular season home game. The best deal in professional sports won't last all season. Go to athletics.com slash access. That's athletics.com slash access. It just kind of works for everything, right? You want seat plans? You go to athletics.com slash groups. You want to listen to A's cast? One click, no-brainer. Athletics.com slash A's cast without the apostrophe. See how it works for everything? Athletics.com slash tickets. It's pretty simple. You want tickets, you want suites, you want Ace cast. Just, it's going to be athletics.com slash boom.
2: And uh, if you have any problems with AceCast or have any questions, we have an FAQ page, athletics.com slash FAQ. you have questions about data, streaming, how to connect in your car, how to listen to ballpark, battery life, anything, athletics.com slash FAQ.
0: Mike Bassick, five-year MLB veteran. Gave up home run number 756 to Barry Bonds. He was a national at the time. What year was that? What was that
2: 2007? Because he reflected on it. I think it was like 10, was that, 13 years ago almost now? I think it was 2007 when Bonds did Because that was his last year in the majors. It was 07. So, yeah, Bassett gave up uh, 756 to Bonds. But he also was... We as we mentioned a Rangers pre and post game analyst and he does he does morning radio in Dallas he does although it's not morning, but he does radio in, in Dallas on one oh five three the fan. Dak Prescott might get a lot of money down there, might get the largest contract in the history of the NFL. So uh
0: have fun what, with that.
2: Lot, lot to talk about down there in Big D. But
0: he does Rangers pre and post and we will uh how's the new ballpark gonna play? They got a new yard. It's gonna be nice where you don't have to sit out there in a hundred degree, ninety percent humidity. That will be nice. It it looked when I was down there with the A's, it was there was still a lot to do, but it looked killer. And how good are the Rangers gonna be? Can they be sneaky good? Because everybody's looking Astros, A's. Then you kind of think, well, Angels got a lot of offense. Where where are the Rangers? Rangers might like their starting pitching. Jim Bowden, former general manager turned TV writer for The Athletic and ESPN, did an article about his 11 breakout players to watch. And you're looking through it. Okay, Willie Calhoun. All right, going down, 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 down. Willie Adamas, okay. Uh, Where is any A? Do we have any A on there? And it's an A that a lot of people are really starting to like. And he's starting to make headway. And it's because of the way he plays. He plays all out. He plays hard. He's a tough guy. That's Ramon Laureano. Ramon Laureano was only 25 years old. He says Laureano was having his breakout season last year when a stress reaction in his shin, a hip injury, and other nicks and bruises limited him to to 123 games. The good news is he's expected to resume where he left off last year and should be a candidate for a combination of 25-30 homers, 25-30 steals. He also doesn't get enough credit for his defense in center field, which is gold glove caliber. Wow. His arm is incredible. Not only is his arm incredible, the accuracy of his arm is as good as anybody you've seen in a long time. There's been a lot of guys who have played who just had big league arms. Like Jesse Barfield had this incredible arm. But for a center fielder, let me see it in right field. Your, your, your weak arm you put in left. Ramon, I mean, that, that, that play he made against the Angels still is one that's just like, it, it's just incredible. It was just, it, it was unreal. If you're telling me you can get 30 home runs from your center fielder and he's throwing everybody out, which you'd think the scouting report, like everybody in Oakland knows, like, you can't run on this guy. You think everybody would know? remember when Boston was running on him last year. You're like, do you guys not have? You have a video room, right? I mean, you're you're stealing signs, so we knows you, you know you. we know you have a video room, and you know you know how to utilize it. Why are you running on Loria? You can make a case, Mark Canna, because with Biscotti out, Canna's going to get a lot of abs. I can you imagine you get over 30 home runs from Loreano and Canna? You get Chris Davis back to being Chris Davis. Chapman's worked on a swing a little bit, a little more consistency. Maybe get 40 out of him. How about 50 out of Olsen? How about another 30 out of Marcus? You're talking sniffing close to 300 home runs. This team with this defense Get ready for 2020. This is going to be a lot of fun. Coming up next, we're heading to Big D. Who are the Texas Rangers? You remember that when the A's went to Texas at one point last year, the Rangers had a better record than the A's. They weren't very good at home. They finished 78-84. and Are they going to be better than that this year? What can we expect? Are they going to be in the race? Because if they're let's say let's face it, if they're in the race, I mean, it could be a tough division because the only team that's going to be bad is the Seattle Mariners. And two days ago, I was over in Peoria with Vin Kenson Ray, uh, and looking at the lineup, Kyle Seeger. Malik Smith, Cargo. Well, Cargo's on a minor league deal. This lineup that they put out, who? Who are these guys? This is what you're going with in 2020? Mariners are going to be bad. Mariners are losing well over 100 games. You're going to have a lot of teams lose over 100 games. So that's why you got to get fat on the bad guys. Mike Bassick. Who does Rangers pre and post for Fox Sports Southwest on TV? Former big league pitcher and the man who gave up number 756 to Barry Bonds will join us next, right here on
1: A's Cast Live. Now, back to A's Cast Live, broadcasting from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. This is still
0: hard to believe. One career sack fly for Joey Gallo. 1,337 career plate appearances. Third most in the history for a player getting his first career sack fly. How does a guy that hits fly balls and hits the ball in the air only have one career sack fly? They're going to be banking on their rotation. And... If their rotation can stay healthy, for the most part, and Mike is going to join us here in a second, maybe that will give them some type of opportunity, because this division is not going to be easy. Mike, welcome to A's Cast Live with Chris Townsend. How are you this afternoon?
4: Man, thank you so much, Chris. I'm doing good. Just got through teaching a bunch of 10-year-olds baseball. It's, it's kind of difficult.
0: Did you, did you mention launch angle and spin rate?
4: <laughs> no, I did not. And it's amazing because some of the kids do have tremendous launch angle, and I'm trying to <laughs> eliminate that from their swing because I'm like, we can't drag the bat like we're sweeping the floor. So there might be some new guys that say, man, you're really teaching these kids the wrong way to swing by staying flat to the baseball and trying to hit line drives. But I think – Launch angle is something that they can do if they get good enough to play college baseball or professional baseball. They can learn that. I'm still going to teach uh, kind of a flat bat path.
0: You know, it's so funny when we were growing up, uh, everybody wants you to hit the ball, hit it back up the middle, hit it at the pitcher, back up the middle. Now the problem is there's an infielder there back up the middle. I know.
4: I know. I, I've been talking – I talked uh, one time with David Murphy, former you know Texas Ranger and Cleveland Indian, and he said – when they started doing the shift, it was in the middle of his career, and one time he hits a line drive right up the middle, and he starts to take a turn, and then he looks, he's like, oh, no, the shortstop's right there, and I've just hit i have hit what has been a base hit almost my whole life, and now hitting it right up the middle meant that that's an out to the shortstop.
0: You know, I had down in spring training, Stan Kasten, the uh – president part owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers been around the game for years and we're talking about how much baseball changes just year to year and he's told guys he goes like hey if you're out of the game for a year two years and you come back like you don't realize how fast this train is moving and you're behind I mean just think about how much this game has changed since you played
4: yeah and it's been now over 10 years and it's gone by pretty quick and when you talk to guys and their routines and we were talking to uh, the Rangers first round pick on Friday in spring training, Josh Young, who, you know, is probably two years away from being in the big leagues with the Rangers. And he bought himself, he was like, yeah, I bought myself a VR machine and I've been working with that in the off season. So I've been seeing pitches off of Verlander and Garrett Cole. And, and it's just like, well, I have another five to 10 questions off of what you just said. And he's like, Yeah, you know, you're not trying to swing the bat, but you're just with this virtual reality thing. And I've never put that on, but I'm like, Whoa. So, like, you're, you, you know, they have these machines now that guys are buying that they're first round picks. And I don't know even how much they cost. I didn't ask them how much they cost, but guys that have enough money are buying their own virtual reality machines to just see pitches while they're, I guess, sitting on a couch instead of watching TV. They're taking uh, virtual uh, swings off of the best pitchers in the game.
0: Yeah, I bet coal is a lot easier to hit on your couch than in real life.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, I recognize that. Now, hitting it in real life is going to be a lot
0: tougher. Well, first off, it's great news that the Texas Rangers are opening up a new ballpark. It's just the heat or the weather it's just there's so many times that season ticket holders and ticket holders are we going to have a game we're not going to have a game there's going to be a delay you don't have to worry about that ever again going to have a roof when we were there last time when i was with the a's uh texas live is awesome by the way i love going over there but i got a chance to see some of the park but there was a lot to be still done have you been able to go in the new park and what does it look like
4: I haven't been able to go into it as it's getting pretty much, it's pretty much hundred percent done now. It's funny on Twitter. I think they give updates how so it's like now it's 98.6% done. And then the next day they give like a 98.8 or something like that. So it's pretty much done. I'm going in there on, I believe like March 23rd and I believe opening day, I think for the Rangers for their home opener is March 29th. So I'll get to go in there. Uh, before anybody's kind of, you know, in there getting ready for opening day, about six days before, but everything I've seen, uh, you know, driving by it and just walking where Texas live is, you can kind of peek in there. It's looking really nice. That being said, I've always, as a player, I've never really enjoyed playing indoors. I always felt like it was a, a different feeling when we went to Houston or whether it was Montreal back in the day or Arizona. So You know, it's one of those things where it is a different feeling than outside. But I will say as a fan and also at times as a pitcher, Pitching when it's 104 and more like 124 on the field, that's really good to get out of that situation.
0: Yeah, because they used to talk about all the time how just Texas pitchers would wear down with the humidity and the heat, and now you're not going to have that, and the elements will not be what they used to be, so it'll be very interesting to see how the ballpark plays.
4: Yeah, and we, we just don't know that yet. I mean, looking at it, it looks like they kind of have a little bit of a short por- porch the way Houston is in left field, and I don't know if it's going to play that short because, I mean, Houston can get a little bit quirky there in left field. But I guess, you know, you're going to have to play some games there to get a feel on where are the places where it's easier to hit home runs, where does it seem like, you know, it's not, and then how different is a game when they open up the roof compared to closing the roof. And really, you know, your outdoor games will be in April and May and maybe early June. But pretty much most of June, July, August, and half of September that that it's going to be closed.
0: Sad news about Willie Calhoun taking a ball to the face. Do we have an update on him?
4: No, except most likely he's going to have surgery and he's going to have his, I mean, he is going to have his you know mouth, jaw wired shut. Uh. And so it's it's probably going to be two months at least until he's back with the team. Uh, in the major leagues, and that would be, I think, optimistic. So, I mean, I think the hope is without them putting a timetable on it, you're probably hoping for mid-May for him to come back. And, I mean, 95 at the face, it's tough to get out of the way of, and I've been talking about this today, about Willie has a really good average against lefties, and part of it, Urias was pitching for the Dodgers, is part of it is he stays in there. Usually if a ball looks like it's coming at your face, lefty on lefty, usually it's because they're throwing a curveball ball or something that's going to start breaking away from you, and you need to hang in there. It's those guys that bell out because it looks like it's going to hit you, and then the ball breaks into, you know, the inner half of the plate or even to the outside part of the plate, and you're like, in spring training you're working on hanging in there and staying in there and seeing the ball. And, unfortunately, lefty on lefty 95, you know, he stayed in there, and it, it squared him up, unfortunately. And that's going to really hurt the Texas Rangers. This offense on paper didn't look great. And now you lose Willie Calhoun was probably going about fifth in your lineup and had a really good 80 games last year in the majors. And you're hoping that he could carry that to 140 games this year. And now, you know, you're going to lose at least, you know, 50 games most likely from him.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. When we're down at spring training, it's just, just stay healthy, just stay healthy. And it's sad to see that heading to the rotation, Adding Corey Kluber, how good do you think this rotation can be?
4: I think I'm going to be really optimistic here, and it doesn't mean I'm going to be optimistic in picking the Rangers to win the division or win 90 games, but I think it has a chance to be one through five the best rotation in the American League West. That's going to be a lot to ask. What we're going to need in Texas is, Mike Meyer and Lance Lynn to repeat the seasons that they had last year that they both had great seasons overall. And then Corey Kluber to get back to 2018. If those three things happen uh, for those guys, that'll be great. And then with Gibson and Lyles, two veteran guys at the back of the rotation, if they're able to put up their ERAs in the low force, then I think you could have one through five, the best, obviously Verlander and Grinke, I think, beat the Rangers if you're going with your top two guys. If you look at the Oakland Athletics, I'm going to tell you, I love the Athletics this year. I'm picking them to win uh, close to 100 games and win the division. And I really like what I've seen from, do do you say it puke or puck? Puck. Puck. I love puck. I mean, he reminds me of, he's just a little bit shorter, but he reminds me of kind of Randy Johnson-like of a pitcher. Uh, and then you just have you have the right youth with the right veteran guys. So, uh, honestly, I think the Oakland Athletics have a great chance to be really solid one through five. You just have to believe in the young guys are going to step up and, and be as good as they have been kind of projected to be. But I do really like the Rangers rotation. I think it could be weird this year as a Rangers fan. The history of the Texas Rangers has been offense. And I think if the Rangers are going to win a lot of games this year, they're going to win games four to two. Three to two. I don't think they're going to win a lot of slugfests because they just don't have a lineup one through nine that can handle what the Athletics, what the Angels, and what the Astros put out there. Seattle's kind of, you know, I expect them to lose a hundred games.
0: You know, I think about the A's. You know, the number one word is confidence. You know, you know they they kind of surprised everybody two years ago, kind of surprised themselves with ninety-seven wins, and then everybody said, yeah, let's see you do it again, and they did it again and they've lost two straight years in the wild card, and you just sense that everybody's a year older, the core is there, and they have that confidence and kind of that swagger where 2020, the A's are are looking to get after it. It's going to be an interesting year.
4: Yeah, you know, I'm on 105.3 The Fan here in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth on the home of the Rangers, and uh, the other day we did a segment on the odds to win the MVP in the American League, and Trout's one-to-one, and I said, look, I mean, that's, that's the easy bet, but you're not going to make – it's that's, that's not great odds when you have to play out a whole season with injuries that can happen. The two players that I said that I would pick that have the odds to make a lot of money, Francisco Lindor 17-1, to 1, and what's going to be tough there is I don't think Cleveland's going to make the playoffs, just predicting them. But I said the other one that I think's a great bet, I said bet on Chapman. He's 25-1. to 1. I think the Athletics have a great chance to win 100 games he is one of the best gloves in the American League at third base. He has the potential to be one of the best hitters in the game right now and if the Athletics are able to win 100 games uh and and he has a great year, Chapman, I think that there's a great chance that we see the Athletics have an MVP this year and 25 to 1, that's great odds to me on a great player that's about to emerge.
0: Let's end on this cuz getting ready for this interview I was looking at some numbers yesteryear players are rolling their eyes about this number 137 the texas rangers stole 137 games in major league baseball that was the most in mlb
4: (laughs) that it's it's silly you know we talked to chris woodward about that and he's like you know as teams are getting less aggressive we're the most aggressive and what's funny is after watching all the ranger games last year i'm like man, at no point did I watch the Texas Rangers and go, man, that's a really aggressive team on the bases. You better watch out for them. I mean, growing up, you know, when I can remember baseball for the first time, I can remember those mid eighties St. Louis Cardinals with Coleman and Ozzie Smith and Willie McGee and Tommy Herr. And I mean, you talk about putting pressure on the pitcher because of, you know, we're going to run wild on our Astro turf field. That was running wild. And now I mean, last year, Ronald Acuna in the National League, that's the league where you probably need to kind of run a little bit more to get in scoring position because you have a pitcher in your lineup. And he led the National League with 37 stolen bases last year. I mean, it's gotten to the point where you just wonder in spring training, how much do we concentrate on the pitchers slide stepping on the pitchers really having a great move to first base? holding runners at second so they don't get to third base with less than two outs. One out, you know, you don't want that guy to steal third on you, and now a pop-up you know, or a fly ball or a ground ball up the middle scores a run. I mean, teams just aren't really willing to take that risk on the bases, so I just wonder how much do you now have to concentrate on being quick to the plate, holding on runners tight, when really most teams don't even want to try
0: to steal bases. Hey, Mike, great stuff. We truly appreciate it. And let's do this again when the A's and Rangers hook up.
4: Man, that would be great. I'm excited about the season, and I think the athletics are going to have a great year.
0: Yeah, and, and, it, and it keeps you from having to talk uh, Dallas Cowboys football. Hey, yeah, I'm sick. Uh, hey, Dak Prescott,
4: either sign or don't sign. I'm tired of talking about it.
0: <laughs> I know. It's like this has been going on for like two years.
4: I know. I know. That's But you know what? Here in Dallas – And, you know, our area, they eat up Cowboys talk left and right,
0: so we keep doing it. Hey, thanks, Mike. We'll talk soon. All right, see you guys. Mike Bassick, it was really good. He was really good. I like that. Former player, five-year MLB vet, gave up Barry Bonds last home run, 756. He's dead right, though. Like, everything was about how fast are you to the plate, how fast – how fast can you get to the catcher and how fast can the catcher get it to second base? Cause Ricky Henderson made everybody learn the slide step and pitchers. You don't like slide stepping because you feel your stuff's a little flatter when you slide step. By the way, no one steals anymore. The Rangers led all of baseball with only 137 steals.
2: Didn't Ricky do that in the season? Essentially. Yes. I mean, that's, I mean, if you watched the Rangers last year, and I watched a good bit because I like Joey Gallo and I liked Willie Calhoun. The,
0: you like that one-sack fly?
2: That the, the prize prospect that the Rangers got back in the U Darvish deal a couple years ago with the Dodgers. I like a lot of their guys. Uh, what, Rugnet Odor had like 90-something RBIs with the batting average almost below 200. I think it might have been below 200. They, they, they had a lot of oddities with their lineup, and they were a good team for a while. They were better than the A's. They were second in the AL West. I did not see Lance Lynn. And Mike Minor having the years they had last year, what Lance Lynn had like two hundred and forty six strikeouts, and Mike Minor had two hundred, but he was a his war was only like second in baseball or in baseball for a long time behind only Mike Trout. I, I didn't see any of that stuff coming for the for the Rangers. And then Joey Gallo gets hurt and he misses a lot of time and you you know you're like, okay, who are these? It's like with the Mar- who who are these guys? Who? Nineteen
0: eighty two, at
2: the age of twenty three,
0: Ricky Henderson stole hundred and thirty bases. Is that any good? Had, had 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 almost as many as the Rangers, who led baseball last year.
2: Yeah, and I mean they have some speedy guys. I mean, have- I would
0: like to, that's one thing I would like to see back in baseball: the stolen base. Isn't it great when a guy steals second and the right-handed hitter slaps it into right field because the second baseman's covering, and then the guy takes off and goes to third? I mean, it's just
2: what's That, that I can't remember. Movement
0: in baseball, movement.
2: I can't remember the line exactly from Moneyball, but the line where the, the guy playing Terrence Long goes, I, "I steal bases. That's what you do, and that's what you pay me to do." No, I pay to uh, get on base, not get thrown out of second or something like that. And it's—I always remember that line about stolen bases. But uh, I'm a fan of stolen bases. I think having a back. I mean, for a long time, being a fantasy baseball player, and they you stole, don't
0: build a team with a computer,
2: Billy. Fa- fantasy baseball is still uh, highly value stolen bases. That's still always a big category. I'm looking up the Rangers lineup right now from last year. Let's see who led Let's see if you can guess who led the team in stolen bases. No clue. I'll give you a clue. He's been there for a long time. He's played over like 1800 Eldest games. Andrews Alessandro, oh, the lead. Yeah, Really? Yep, yeah, 31. Old man? Then uh How yeah, old is he now? Uh he was uh 30 last year.
0: I guess he's not Well, he's been around. God, he's been around forever.
2: And then uh Delano De Shields had 24. Danny Santana had 21, and then Sin Su Chu, at the cool age of 36, had 15 steals. Oh, remember Hunter Pence was a big, a big breakout player from last big year. Big six. He, uh, well, no, he only played in 83 games, but he slugged. How many you have? How many runs did he have last year? 18 homers, 15 RBI's, and he was an All Star.
0: Are we doing buying or selling or what? Are we gonna be talking about Rangers stolen bases? Hey, you're the one that wanted to talk about.
1: the You Rangers. went down that rabbit hole. All right. It's time for buying or selling. So selling right now with Chris Townsend on AceCast Live. So
2: we talked about this as pretty much to start the show, but I'm going to bring it back up again. The Hall of Fame class for 2020 has already been announced with Derek Jeter and Larry Walker leading the way with Marvin Miller, Ted Simmons, and others going in as well. We can start to speculate who might make it in 2021. What about 2022? 2022 is the final year in the ballot for Barry Lamar Bonds. Bonds, who believes MLB has given him a death sentence, has two years left to make it on the ballot. The seven-time MVP reached just 60.7% of the vote for the Hall of Fame this year. He needs to be on 75% of the ballots to be enshrined in Cooperstown. He will forever be linked to the steroid era in Major League Baseball. Buying or selling, Barry Bonds will reach the Hall of Fame by 2022. Selling.
0: The only way he and Clemens will get voted in is if they have a come to Jesus and want to own up to it. A-Rod style. I don't think they're going to get in. I know a lot of people say, ah, last ballot.
2: They're not Larry Walker. Unfortunately. I
0: I just don't. I would put them in. That's, that's, I would, because it's a museum, a museum that tells the history of the game, and their plaques should be in there. Just not, just not equipment that they used. But uh, I don't have a vote.
2: So we thought, so Justin Verlander, uh, the best pitcher left on the Astros, was shut down. He told reporters that it would probably take. A miracle to be ready by opening day Now he was pulled from his spring training start against the Mets After two innings yesterday Because of tricep soreness But we found out it was a mild lat strain Now Verlander uh, With this Now with Garrett Cole leaving You have now Zach Granke, Lance McCullers, Jose Arquiti And 30 year old Austin Pruitt Who are the other four guys in the rotation Potentially for the Astros So if you take Verlander out, good luck We've already heard about Jordan Alvarez's knee being an issue for Dusty Baker. Now he has to worry about dealing with Justin Verlander. Buying or selling, Justin Verlander will not pitch on opening day.
0: Oh, I'm buying.
2: You don't think that miracle is coming?
0: When you get shut down, remember, you're not throwing. That's what shutting you down means. And you got to do rehab, whatever. I mean, then you got to work yourself. I mean, he'll probably start the season on the I.L., and then he'll show up when he's ready to go. But starting opening day, I think there's really no. It's, it's what in two weeks?
2: Yeah, two weeks. A little, a little over two, and, uh, two and a half. But yes, um, I don't think he's going to pitch. I don't think we're going to see him pitch in Oakland either. When the Astros coming for the second series? Oh,
1: so, too bad.
2: But we will see Granky pitch. Too bad. And maybe Austin Pruitt if he's the fifth starter. Who? Who? He's, he's thirty. So Bobby Benilla Day is July first every year, as uh, he will collect a little over a million dollars from the Mets until the year 2035. Milwaukee will be paying Christian Yelich until 2042, when the All-Star outfielder is 50 years old. Yelich's 215 million nine-year contract with the team calls for the Brewers to defer four million each year after his $26 million annual salary from 2022 to 2028. The deal includes a $20 million mutual option for 2029 with a $6.5 million buyout, and $2 million of the buyout will be deferred. If the buyout is owned, the $30 million is deferred money and will be paid in 12 installments of $2.5 million each July 1st from 2031 to 2042. Now, here's some of the other things Ellis gets. The outfitter will get $100,000 for winning the MVP, $75,000 for sin- finishing second, and 000 for finishing, or $50,000 for finishing third. I'm just going to skip everything else. Buying or selling Christian Yelich will be the next Bobby Benilla
0: Because he's getting paid to 2042? <laughs> yeah. I'm buying that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's already made all the money he's ever going to need. Now he's just going to get checks for the rest of his life.
2: That's great. He'll be 50 years old.
0: Yes. Bob, and he's just every year that check's coming in.
2: So for 12 years between 2002 and 2015, a flurry of dominance from – you know, from the millennium, from Randy Johnson to Kurt Schilling to Paige Martinez, all Hall of Famers except for Kurt Schilling. Who's, uh,
0: who's probably going yeah. to get in this year.
2: But since then, before the uh, 2015, no pitcher reached the 300 strikeout club. But in the last five years, five new pitchers have joined the club. Clark Kershaw in 2015, Chris Sale in 2017, Mad Max in 2018, Verlander and Justin Cole last year. Verlander and Garrett Cole last year with Houston. Now, who's Justin Cole? Yeah, I don't, I don't know where that came from. Uh, enter, Mr. Ba- enter Mr. Back-to-back Jacob DeGrom, my, my my favorite pitcher in baseball. David Adler from MMOB.com did a great article on the five steps to get the 300Ks. I'm not going to bore you with how he can get there. DeGrom's career high is 269 in 2018. Where he pitched in 217 innings the first year he won the Cy Young. And then last year in his second Cy Young year, he had 255 strikeouts in 204 innings, which led the National League. Buying or selling it, Jacob DeGrom will reach 300 strikeouts this season.
0: Is it a big deal anymore?
2: I think so, because guys aren't pitching deep in the games, and they're not getting the innings. But
0: guys aren't making contact either. Also true. Are home runs and strikeouts numbers as big as what we used to think they were?
2: To me, they are. Like when
0: Nolan Ryan was striking out 300 and guys were actually trying just to make contact? Versus guys that are just swinging out of their you-know-what and they don't care if they strike out?
2: I, I think it's a big deal because I, I think the 300 300 strikeout pitchers, is a, it's pretty cool to see, just like a 50-home run hitter. We had one 50-home run hitter last year. And Pete Alonzo, before that, it was the great Giancarlo Stanton. So I, I like it personally for myself. I'd love to see Pete Alonso at 50 home runs again and DeGrom hit 300 strikeouts, but who knows? But I think with if he hits enough innings, I think he gets there. Last one.
0: That'll be three straight years?
2: Three straight years of Cy Young Awards for Mr.
0: God, how many times do I have to answer the Grom
2: question? <laughs> well, it's like Garrett Cole. We always brought up Garrett Cole for his Cy. Last one. ESPN announced at the Sloan Sports Conference today will have an alternate broadcast to Sunday Night Baseball. They're bringing back the popular StatCast broadcast to select to select 2020 games. Now, our friend Mike Petriello, along with Eduardo Perez and Jason Benetti, are some of the people that work on those broadcasts. Remember, Vincent Eno did one on AceCast last year as well. Buying or selling? ESPN bringing back the Statcast broadcast.
0: I'm buying and get Trevor Bauer on the broadcast. I agree. With that. If he's not pitching, fly him to wherever it is and put him on the broadcast.
2: Or if it's a Reds, or if it's a Reds game, put him on the broadcast when he's not pitching.
0: Make it a Reds game and line it up. Yeah, I do. I, I things are changing. The old just straight balls and strikes are you know. Things are changing. People want entertainment. People want stuff that's different.
2: Well, you already that, know, I'm, I'm buying buying that. I love the Sadcast stuff.
0: I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I watch it. Yeah, I like I like something different. I mean, that's why a Rod has actually been because uh, it's a Rod. It's like it's like a star player who says something. You know, I mean, that's that's we want to be entertained other than just watching the game. Why is Tony Romo so coveted? Because he says something.
2: By the way, speaking of coveted, he so much mo- money. ESPN is willing to throw a Peyton Manning, $20, oh. 20 million, and they're trying to trade I, for Al course, Michaels. Of course. Better broadcasting duo. I mean, Al Michaels and Peyton Manning or Tony Romo and Jim Nance.
0: Oh, i go Al Michaels and Peyton Manning
2: because it's Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning's great. But
0: that's the thing. It's like we, we, we've lived in this world of just everybody does the same old, same old, and everybody sounds the same. And look, all of a sudden you put some guys who got names and personalities and now Tony Romo's a star. Peyton Manning on a broadcast. Are you kidding me? All right. That is going to do it
2: for A's. No. We still have, we still have like 50. We saw a little bit of time. Gun Kyper's coming up.
0: We're not going to pregame now? Yeah. I'm all messed up. Pregame is Where are we? Well, we're back in California. Yeah.
2: So pregame is till 5 until 530. So we still got about, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes.
0: All right. G-Kype coming up next right here on A's Cast Live.
1: This is A's Cast Live. Your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Marshall, left field deep. going back. Looking up. He will watch it fly. And 29 other MLB clubs. 2-2 pitch on Trout and he blasts one. Way back. Go for got Cody Bellinger. It's one out. He so he's your home run derby. Champion. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe from spin rate to juiced balls to game changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town only on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. You need to get some tickets, single game tickets,
0: opening day tickets. March 26 is right around the corner. You're going to see some of the biggest names in the sport. Some of the best teams are coming to town. Going to get the Twins right out of the gate, who set the record for most home runs ever with 307. First pitch for the home opener is 107. And you are going to get an A's magnet schedule. That is the giveaway. Opening day is always the best. Get the bunting out. They call the players out. It's opening day. You go to athletics.com slash tickets. That's athletics.com slash tickets. Glenn, you ready to rock opening day before you know? I mean, March 26th.
5: I know I'm getting close, Tony. I got a little work to do yet, but uh, yeah, it comes fast. Boy, once March 1st hits and and you know that the opener is uh, in the month of March, you got to you got to get rolling. So, yeah, I'm getting excited. It's going to be a super fun year, and uh, I'm ready to get it going.
0: How about Verlander being shut down and may not be able to start the season?
5: I don't feel bad about that, Uncle. I don't. (laughs) See, see, I'm getting ready for the regular season. Yeah,
0: so that first series, there's a chance the A's will not see Verlander in that first series. Yeah, and in all
5: seriousness, that is significant, and I believe it's a little bit of a side injury. Is that correct? Is that what I'm
0: I've been reading about today? It's a mild a, lat? a mild lat strain, is what they are calling it. Oh,
5: okay, all right, it's the lat. Okay, um, yeah. he listen, they're already, you know, out a couple starters from last year. So, however long he's out, even if it's a short period of time, it is an issue. You know, if a guy like that misses, you know, two or three starts. I know that doesn't seem like a big deal, but but it is because you not only are you missing him, but then you know whoever is getting slotted into the rotation obviously is not going to be maybe one of their guys. He's there because Verlander is out, so you have to take that into consideration too. So yeah, I mean, I think hey, hey, any anything that will help the A's, you know. Uh, finish this thing off with the Astros and, and finally, you know, win the division. Let's go. I'm all for it.
0: Yeah. It's just, you get the sense. I mean, already you had the issues with the sign stealing and all that chaos, but you lose Cole Verlander down. They really didn't add anybody in the off season. I mean, we used to look at the Astros like, Oh boy, you know, they just don't seem as strong and as tough as they've been the past couple of years.
5: Yeah. And I, I, I think that a lot of that is, is the Cole situation. He was so good, my goodness. And, and then, you know, you were going to face Verlander and Cole back to back. So I think that that makes a big difference. Their lineup is pretty much the same and it's a very, very good lineup. Um, um, But no, I, I think, I think maybe, you know, the pitching isn't quite as formidable and You know how are they going to react to everything that's gone on? And and I know there's a lot of opinions about that. You and I have talked a lot about it. Um, You know, I I, listen. I think you know they could use this to their advantage, or it could, as the season goes on, wear them down a little bit. Uh, And you don't know how how tough are the fans going to be? You know, they're going to be tough early on. Is it is it still going to be that way come July and August and September. Who knows? But it is going to be a challenging year for them, and, and, and everybody's going to be watching how they handle it. Uh, but let's not forget, the pitching's not quite as good, but they're still a very, very, very good team. And, um, and, and you know, there's 10 games in the standings that the A's have have to try to, to, to close the gap on. So uh, there's work to be done. But I think this is the team, the ace team, uh, clearly the best one, I think, on paper, at least, of the last three years.
0: Well, this is going to be a great test case because they are truly going to be villains now yeah. you could say the yankees are villains everywhere they go but they have fans in every single ballpark red sox they have fans in every so you know there's the chance of the yankees going up against the home crowd i think like even like when it went when i travel around with the raiders the raiders are the villains but we got fans throughout the stands we are going to see for the first time a team that's vilified they are going to be the villains And they're going to have no support around them in those stadiums. There's going to be zero Astro fans. It's going to be everybody against them.
5: Yeah, that's a good point. I think, you know, you either love or hate the Yankees, and same thing with the Red Sox. But, but really, when you sort of, when you sort of kind of look at it closely, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to dislike Aaron Judge? I mean, you know, it's you know so. Yeah, it's the Yankees. They're always pretty good, and that's why you dislike them. This is a completely different situation, I think your point is is very well taken. And it's a team. It's not an individual. Uh, You know, Barry Bonds was hated in every ballpark he went to, but he was – that's just one guy. Uh, This is going to be a whole team, and there's really no chance that anybody in that stadium is going to like them. And – you know, I don't know. I don't know. Have we ever seen anything like this? I, I don't. I don't think so. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. So, you know, I, it's going to be interesting to watch. I hope it doesn't get ugly. Uh, I don't think anybody wants that. Uh, fans are certainly allowed to to voice their opinion, but you know, none of us want it to get out of hand and get ugly. Um, but uh, all eyes will be on the Astros. And how they handle this, and I, and listen, I, I'm sure that that there's there's some concern among the Astros players how this is all going to work out. They're not going to admit that, but they're also entering into, like you said, uh, something that has probably never happened before. So, boy, oh boy, we'll see, and we're going to find out early at the Coliseum on the second uh, second series of the year.
0: All right. So when you travel around with this club talk about how there's they're just resilient they're a calm bunch they're a confident bunch and that's kind of what makes them special under Bob Melvin and you get to see it on an everyday basis
5: well they are calm. I think calm and confident are probably the two things that jump out and, and you know they're they're by and large a pretty young team they have you know a handful of quality veterans but I think the the confidence at a very young age, is probably the thing that maybe stands out. Um, they know they're good now. I mean, they don't have any question about it. And uh, and they just go about their business, and it's really fun to watch. You know, it's fun to watch Marcus Simeon become a, a, a quiet leader. It's fun to watch Matt Chapman, you know, very confident young man, uh, sometimes rally the troops and let's go. Let's go. You know, good we are. Matt Olson, quiet, doesn't say much, but yet, you know, hey, he's going to look at you if you're not playing hard, you know. So, it's it is really an interesting group, and it's a supremely talented group, and you really see kind of how they are, you know, on the field and off, and they're good guys. I think that's uh that's always a nice side note. They're they're quality quality young men. Who just happen to be really good at what they do and you know what? They know they're really good and there's nothing wrong with that. All
0: right, I I'm not gonna tell any of these players what your answer is. It will be it'll be between me, you, <laughs> and A's cast. But oh boy, if you had to bet one guy wins the M V P off the athletics in twenty twenty, who would you put your money on?
5: Um I would probably say, I would probably say Matt Chapman, um, and I know that seems like a, a terribly, uh, you know, that's the easy, easy answer, but it's, it's not that easy. I just think he, he has so much, so much more room to even get better than he already is. If you can believe that, it would be hard for him to get better defensively. Um, but there's still a fair amount of room there offensively. Um, and when he gets it all together, you're going you're gonna to be talking about, you know, a 40-homer, 120-RBI, you know, 50-double guy who's the best defensive player in baseball. Well, on a really good team that has a chance to maybe win it all this year. Sounds like an MVP candidate to me. But I will say this, Tony, and I've said this before, I think Matt Olson is as good of a first baseman as Matt Chapman is a third baseman and just as valuable to the A's as Chapman is. So he may he may fly under the radar a little bit and maybe, you know, Matt Chapman maybe gets more recognition, but I think Matt Olsen is every bit as good as Chapman.
0: Yeah, we had Mark Simon on from the Fielding Bible and he basically said that Matt Chapman is just not Better than Nolan Arnato There's a distance between how good Chapman is, that mm-hmm. he's second to none. And he said he's yeah. already an all-time great defensively, already.
5: Yeah, it, it's it's really amazing. And and he's still such a young player. I mean, two full years in the major leagues. So think that he could get better defensively. That's hard to imagine. But but he's not going to regress for a long time. You know, I mean, listen, guys defensively, they may slow down a little bit when they get in their, you know, 30s, you know, 33, 34. That, that's not uncommon. But he's a long ways from that. So you're not going to see any regression from him for a long time. And he may even get a little bit better. You know, he may, he may make fewer errors. Uh, he's still going to always make the great plays. So, um, you know, and listen, him winning a most valuable player award is not – not crazy at all I mean it's it's really not um, and you know what we've seen him from day one and he's a good kid too he's, he's a lot of fun to be around and he handles himself the right way so uh, glad he's ours that's for sure
0: yeah no doubt about it Glenn you're the best we'll talk to you soon buddy
5: all right Uncle Tony take care buddy I'll talk to you anytime
0: the great Glenn Kuiper right here on A's Cast Live does that make sense like You have teams that are the villain teams or the big, bad teams, but they always travel well, their fan bases. Like, wherever the Yankees go, there's Yankee fans all over the stands. Red Sox, they've got fans in every market. Cowboys, Raiders, Lakers, you name it. That's not the Astros. Astros are going to be the villain team, and they got no – I mean, when the Astros show up to whatever town, they don't have a lot of – Fans that show up.
2: I don't see a lot of Nolan Ryan jerseys. I'm at, just saying. I
0: don't think we've seen anything like this before.
2: I'm with you 100. I don't think that. The, well, they one they don't travel well anyway. I know people always argue that Houston's not a great sports town anyway. Um, but it, just the whole thing that they, they don't travel. You don't see their fan. You don't see Altuve jerseys spread around the Coliseum, and uh, you might see a, a few Josh Reddick jerseys. But that's all because of the A's ties, but. Uh, this is gonna be completely different for anything we've ever seen in baseball, at least with the Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Cubs, they, their fans are everywhere. The Steelers or another team, yeah. like they their fans travel, so it's like a home game, especially like when the Raiders go to play in LA. At the one that well now in LA with the Chargers, it's a home game for the Raiders. That's not what it's gonna be like anywhere.
0: And not Verlander at the start of the season? Whoa boy. Coming up next We What
2: are we doing next? We're going to play the Bob Melvin show.
0: Oh, the Bob Melvin show, and then I'm getting you ready for A's and the Rangers coming up here at 5.30. Thank you for listening to A's Cast Live, and we'll have baseball tonight right here on A's Cast.
1: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.